Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. We are going to do a Monday quick hitter where uh, I'm your host, Jake Burns, and I'm going to talk to you guys about a busy weekend of Browns news. I, I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm recording this thing extremely late here on Sunday night, actually Monday morning, and I did not get a chance to spend much time on football content over the weekend, a little bit draining of a weekend, so... Um, but I did want to, I did want to share my thoughts on transactions. Obviously the, the big transaction for Cleveland is Amari Cooper, uh, which ends up being, as you should all know by now, a nice little trade for Cleveland where they get a player still in his prime, 28, 29, 30 years, uh, you know, age coming up. He's going to play this year at 28. They essentially do it for a fifth round pick. Dallas and Cleveland swap six-round picks because that comes back with Cooper, and then Cleveland gives him a fifth. And you might ask, well, you know, why would they do this for a player that is, you know, is going to be released anyway? Well, the reason you do this is you take that player off the market, right, before they get a chance to consider some other place. And I think we can all agree that Cleveland is not necessarily the hotbed location for receivers to land this year. So there does... There does, you know, appear to be some inherent risk here. You had to have fleshed out whether I would hope the Browns had conversations with Amari Cooper, who, if you don't know much about him, is a very quiet, even-keeled, uh, almost Nick Chubb-like uh, nature about how he goes about things, quiet, business-like. But you really would want to check and sort of gauge the player's interest in in coming to Cleveland, and I hope the Browns have done that. I have no insight on whether they did that or not. But they made this trade thinking they could get a nice wide receiver, could get him before he went to free agency. The contract is set up as so that they could do a couple different things, right? They could they could take uh, take some of his guaranteed money this year, the $20 million cap hit that he set up for, convert that into a bonus, and then push some of that guaranteed money off into later years. They could also try to put themselves in a good spot where they don't really carry any uh, you know what they already did put themselves in a good spot that if you know essentially what the contract is for Cooper is three years 60 million in Cleveland right? it's 20 million each year but they don't carry a dead cap number for Cooper so if they move on from him at any time after this year they open up 20 million in cap space so on and so forth in the next two years so they can make that move at any point or they could keep him for three years through his age 30 season and he'd make 60 million over three years so it's very cut and dry what the what the contract looks like right now, and Cleveland has a nice way to get out without any dead cap as it sits. Or, like I said, they could look to signing bonus, push up some of that $20 million, open up some more this year, because what this trade did, the Browns had, if you listened over the weekend, the podcast I had with Jack Duffin, which explained their contract situation, or, or sorry, current cap situation, it was about $17 million with five accounted for the draft. Now, you'd make this trade where you bring on $20 million. If you go look at overthecap.com, the Browns are actually $3 million over the cap as it sits today. But there are so many ways for them to open up money. And as tampering starts tomorrow, the Browns will start to make some moves to, to free up cap space to do the things that they want to do. I would not expect the Browns to be heavy hitters in free agency. I really think that's something a lot of people are expecting going into this weekend. I do not see that 
being an outcome for this situation where the Browns go, they go crazy in free agency. I just don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And partly because we have to see how they open up some money first, but we'll see how that shakes out. But back to Cooper, he's going to sit at 20 million this year before free agency. That's like fifth most of wide receivers. He's kind of right there with Mike Williams, new deal, fifth most on the APY scale. So, you know, like Michael Thomas from New Orleans is a 19-2. Chris Godwin on his franchise tag is 19.1. Keenan Allen a little bit out in front of Amari at uh, 20 and uh, 25,000 there. Um, so 20.025. Devontae Adams at his current APY would be 20 million and uh, 20.145. Julio Jones, 22. And then Hopkins leads all wide receivers in APY at, at uh, 27.25. So, He's still at the top of that list of uh, paid wide receivers. We'll see where that where that shakes out. I don't know, you know, I don't know if Cooper is, is still a wide receiver one worthy player. He's he's at least raising the the room. I mean, he's he's good. It's a nice addition, and you know, for the Browns, they wanted to immediately get some better skill at the position before free agency, before the draft, so they didn't feel the need or compelled to overpay less proven commodity because if Amari Cooper were to have been released before free agency uh, he would have been the number one signed player at the position outside of the guys that were tagged already so you know he would make good money in free agency so the Browns wanted to get out in front of that bring a player in I think they like the mesh of his approach we'll see there are some concerning splits with Cooper in cold weather against warm weather, his turf versus or the dome turf versus uh, grass field stuff was pointed out to me a little a tinge worried about that. We'll see what what it comes to eventually. But, um, you know, if, I, I just think for in my opinion, given the, the current contract structure, what it can be moving forward, going out and getting a player by only giving up a fifth, but inheriting a nice piece of the puzzle. Uh, for for you know fixing the wide receiver room, I think it makes a ton of sense. Does that mean it's going to work out? You guys know as well as I do with these wide receiver trades, you feel like you fleece somebody, and then it's like, well, it didn't work out. We have a pretty good recent example of that. We'll see. I like Cooper, the player. I've watched all 109 targets he had last year. Our Cody, our Cody Sook did a good job of putting out a um, nice data analysis piece on him, which will be in the film room. Some of this will be in the film room that I write up. Of uh, kind of what Cooper is as a player, but breaks it down with a really strong 2019 where he was sixth in EPA at the position, seventh in routes run, 10th in, um, you know, average depth of completion, 10th in receiving grade, 11th in passer rating when targeted, and then 16th in points earned per route, which is a strong indication of impact per route. All of those dipped in 2020, as you would think they would, largely because of Andy Dalton, right? Blaine Gabbert, Ben DiNucci. Those are the guys starting those games, 11 of 16 games. And then he had a, a relatively strong bounce back where he got back to 17th in 2021 in, in EPA. But some numbers kind of hover in the, okay, you know, not as good as you would like to see. Uh, 39th in yards per route run, 31st in depth of completion average, 45th in receiving grade, 9th in passer rating when targeted. You'd like to see that. But 57th in points uh, points earned per route now I think most Cowboys coverage folks as they re-sign Michael Gallup were pretty bothered by letting Cooper leave the way they did which is an indication that the people who watched him every day were were pretty uh, you know tied to the fact that he was the best receiver option that they had 
outside of maybe CeeDee Lamb as he develops. But I think they were pretty bothered by seeing him go the way he did. So you feel good about that. Some of the data, you know, not as great as I would like to see it. 28, 29, 30. Had a pretty good season in 2021. He did have a cracked rib, a hamstring injury. You know, if we, we all understand his days with the Raiders is where he came into the league, right? He, he came into the to the league and had a pretty strong 1,070-yard, six-touchdown performance. And he, he's been, you know, Amari's been a pretty good player for a, a pretty long period of time. Only four drops last year. I'm not sure the most drops he's had in a single season were his rookie year. He had 18, so that was a big concern, but he rectified at 5, 10, 6, 7, 3, and 4. So the hands have gotten more consistent over time. Not a huge... You know, I'll give you my my thoughts on him watching film. Uh, the Cowboys used him as their Z receiver, which is a position I wanted the Browns to fill. I wanted them to go get a Z with a nice route tree, and I think he does a pretty strong uh, grouping of diverse things. And what you really like is the the level of health consistent we, consistency we've seen from him. He's had, if you're looking at just sheer targets, a hundred and uh, only under a hundred targets one time in 2017. So that was obviously a year he dealt with an injury. Uh, and then gets traded to the to the Cowboys in the midst of 2018 and, and continues to play pretty well and get targets. We'll see what the Browns are able to do with targets his direction. But, you know, a, a still twitchy enough. I think he does a good job making people uh, create. He does a good job creating separation in space. He He's not a big-time yards-after-catch player, uh, more of an, an A-dot, uh, average depth of target type of guy. Not So, again, not huge in the... In the in the creation of 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 yards after catch, I think yards after catch rank, he sits this past year 49th in yards after catch total at 230 last year, only 3.1 yards uh, per catch after the catch. His average depth of target though was was much stronger. Like I said, um, he was he was 42nd in that at 11.9, so he was up near the top. It's not too far off from you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling had an 18.4. So again, not not too far off. He's really not. As I watch it, he does a really good job of shielding the football from defenders trying to get to him. So he's a body catcher, but he has he has figured out how to be an effective body catcher to shield defenders' approach or path to breaking up the football. I think he does a really good job with that. So you know he'll run his slants, his square ins. He'll run some out routes. These are the things I see most. He runs a lot of tight three by one out routes. He runs a lot of bunch uh, personnel sets where he'll he'll uh, kind of run a shallow or a deep over or something like that from three by one. If it's two by two, they put him at Z, give him an opportunity to run stutter routes or comebacks. He'll run a lot of square ins, a lot of slants. He'll see some snaps at X as the backside solo receiver, but not a ton. The Cowboys also put him as the number two receiver uh, in three by one where they put Blake, uh, I think it was either Schultz or Jarwin. I'm not sure about what the Cowboys do with the tight end consistently, but they put him as the number two guy in three by one sets and let him create separation against nickel or linebacker in zone situations. And he did a really good job there. Some nice off the field or sorry, off the snap footwork stuff. He is really a, a strong footwork based wide receiver really does a great job with releases off the line, create separation that way. Now he's not a hugely explosive yards after catch player. So don't be expecting him to create a ton that way, but he will do a nice job with enough separation in my opinion. He can 
He can push people off the uh, off the line of scrimmage. He's a four four two guy coming out uh, through the combine. Can push guys off to create separation to hit those comebacks or curls. He will still be able to hit the double moves and beat people deep. He is not consistently running away from people over the top, but again like three-by-one or two-by-two play-action glance routes on the backside where the quarterback's looking off, coming back into a window of coverage. He can do those things. Catches it, like I said, pretty consistently. Had a nice year catching last year, but he's not. He's bigger. He's like one and 215, so that's bigger than Odell. And I find these players to be... I find them to be pretty similar. Odell's a little twitchier. I would say Cooper, Odell is, is twitchier, period. Uh, a little more sudden. But Cooper's more consistent at some of the smaller things and 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 I think he does a nice job with contact in a way that Odell doesn't necessarily do. I think Odell is a better peak receiver, but I think Cooper's got some more consistency in his approach, so I'm excited about that. But again, he's not a even though he's a bigger a bigger guy, he's not a jump up and go get it. Like I don't see much on film of him doing that. He'll run some slot fades and uh he'll run some end zone goal line fades and and go get the football, but there's you know, there's really not a jump over the top of the receipt of the corner or or coverage defender and go get it. There's not a ton of back shoulders on tape. Some here and there. There's a nice slot back shoulder you'll see in my write up today, but you know, not a ton of that stuff. But just, I I mean, I I kind of equated to our OBR staff if he's like the Nick Chubb of wide receivers, where he's not flashy but he's consistent. He seems to be where he's supposed to be supposed to be most of the time. He can make you miss if you give uh, ample opportunity or you don't secure the tackle. So, he's not a crazy twitch make you miss in space juke move guy, but like what he's known for is being a nice route running technician. He can come in and play Z, he can run a diverse route tree, be away from the uh, the formation strength or sometimes you know sorry be to the formation strength be with 3 by 1 2 by 2 you can put him in solo situations as well i really like him as the number 2 guy in in 3 by 1 looks if you want to put in joku on the backside we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I like a lot of it. I like a lot of it with Cooper. If you're expecting him to come in and be this dynamic, crazy, efficient player, he could have that type of year. It's possible, but I don't really expect that to be an outcome. I think he's just going to be a consistent player. If his, I think somebody had references over under with 77 catches. I feel like that's like a really great number. That's a great number for him to to be around. So, you know, if they can get him up over 100 targets, I think he can be 70 to 80 catches and get in the end zone a little bit too and be over 1,000 yards. It's still there. He's still, he's still good enough, in my opinion, to put up a couple productive seasons for them. They just have to make sure they're using him right. And I think the Cowboys put a really good blueprint together for how to use him and get the most get the most out of him and I just kind of like the way he plays he'll make some of the physical physical catches that are necessary and I just don't see a ton of issues with drops where he's not either focused or something like that I feel like he's relatively consistent catching the football for the most part a couple on film that make you a little schemish but like not much I don't see a ton of drop issues from him so I overall like it I like the pickup I like the decision to go get him I like it I, I just really feel like the opportunity cost, the way the contract structure is moving forward, the opportunity to maybe rework that contract now to open up some cash for this year's free agency situation. There's a lot to like. So I, I think this was a nice move by Andrew Barry. I am not, as we close here, going to address anything to Sean Watson until, I guess, if it happens for Cleveland. If it happens for Cleveland, I'll be forced to talk about it. Otherwise, I don't have any desire to talk about it. I have nothing good to add to the conversation, as I've said I said over the weekend and last the last podcast where it was out there and floated, I just don't have anything good to add to it. I think it's pretty obvious uh, the way you should feel as a person about it. Your own opinion, uh, I'm not going to sit here and argue with anybody. I just, I, again, I, have, I, I really have nothing good to add, and I'll talk about it if I'm forced to talk about it. We'll see what happens with that whole thing in the coming days or weeks or whatever, how long it stretches out. But I'm not going to really focus on the fit or the person or any of it. Because I, I don't have anything to add to any of it right now. And I don't want to waste my breath talking about it if nothing is going to come of it. So uh, we'll just we'll see if the rumors that Cleveland is as interested as they are are actually true. And we'll, we'll cover it if it needs covered. But I don't feel it necessary right now. So that's a lot of my thoughts on Amari Cooper. Obviously a big week coming. OBR Subathon tomorrow for or well today because you're listening to this on monday uh we're having this starting at noon it'll be on all day uh for the most part check it out we'll try to react live to brown's decisions or free agent uh, movement across the league i'll be in and out of the show appear there and then we have 50 percent off your annual vip subscription as well so check that out get that 50 percent off get your monthly uh, paramount plus that you're already i don't know maybe paying for but you get that paramount plus with no ads and an obr uh, you know, subscriber setup, and you get all of the stuff from 247 Sports across the entire NFL landscape that they have and college sports as well. So take advantage of that. Thanks again for checking out today's show, for, for giving me the support that you guys do. It means everything to me uh, for using this pod to come for news or, you know, conversation or whatever. I, I appreciate you guys very much for checking it out the way you do. So have a great Monday, great start to your week. Appreciate you guys very much. Be well. Go Browns. <laughs>